Oh, hey, everyone. Welcome here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Brahm. I'm with my buddy Katambo. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? Yeah, sure. This is our, well, you, guys our, call, you guys call me Kit, too. Kit, awesome. Kit. This, is our, yeah. <laughs> this is actually our first time chatting face-to-face, -face and we've had, been having some really good talks um, just over Messenger. And uh, something that's been on our hearts lately, as we've kind of seen the world just going nuts around us, is that it seems like a lot of people are kind of jumping on one bandwagon or another as far as which narrative they're following with everything that's going on, be it the Black Lives Matter movement, um, COVID, or really anything else. And it seems like people either jump, in, jump headlong into the narrative on the left or the narrative on the right. And something that's been on both of our hearts is that there's a, there's a better narrative, and that narrative is the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's, Amen. And it's never going to stop being relevant. So yeah welcome i'm glad uh um, th thanks so much for coming on i'm glad that you and me finally have the chance to chat and <laughs> yeah sure yeah, I'm, I'd, pretty, I'd love to i'm honored for uh, i'm honored to be invited to this and thank you so much oh my pleasure man so um, yeah. why don't you share what's on your heart i know um, there's some scripture on your heart that you were wanting to share i think that'd be a great place for us to jump in sure so basically just a uh, quick uh Info about me, I'm born in Quebec, in the province of Quebec. I'm 32 years old and now I live in Quebec City. And um, grow, growing up, I was always, you know, in the community when, where I was a minority, when uh, there was not a lot of other black families or non-white families, excuse me if I'm using those terms. And, but I never uh, really struggled with the issue of racism because uh, the community where I lived was pretty, uh, you know, open and open-minded. So, I, but sometimes you can live some, uh, what people call microaggressions, you know, sometimes uh, people remind you of your difference. And growing up, I didn't have many role models uh, as a black young man, you know. Uh, so I used to follow models on TV, you know, you see stars, you see rappers, you see, uh, you see um, athletes, you want to follow them, you want to copy them. And then you want to, uh, you want to end up uh, fulfilling the expectations of people. Mm -hmm. People, you know, they classify you in certain stereotypes and to fit in, you, you, you think you have to uh, fit in their, their uh, idea of you. So, mm -hmm. People would say, you know, black men or black young guys should do sports. They should know how to dance or they should know how to sing or they should, you know, be cool, dress a certain mm -hmm. way, walk on a certain way, talk a certain way. So in order to fit in with your friends, you think you have to, uh, to uh, please them by accomplishing those expectations they have of you. So mm -hmm. growing up, I always had that. Uh, struggle in me uh, about my identity. Um, my parents are from Congo in Africa, but I'm born in Quebec. So I was always like, do I have to uh, walk in a certain way to please my uh, African uh, origin or do I have to fit in into my community? What do I have to do? Mm -hmm. And then I came to, to know the Lord Jesus Christ mm -hmm. when I was uh, around 20. And for the first time, I knew that I had, I didn't have any uh, to, sorry for, sorry, I, I'm uh, looking for my words because English is not my first language. So, um, 
for the first time when I came to the knowledge, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, I knew that I didn't have to uh, identify uh, with my flesh, but mm. with Jesus Christ. Mm. But eventually, uh, I came to grow in the faith in a more religious church that was more law-based. And that notion of identity kind of got robbed from me hmm. because I was in a black church, you know, with, with uh, the culture and the music and all the traditions of men, hmm. which robbed me of that beautiful identity in Christ Jesus. So I had to like do another uh, born again experience, if I can say <laughs> three years ago when I came to really recognize my inclusion and co-crucifixion with Christ and mm. set my parameters of identity into default, which means Christ and Christ alone. Wow. And I want to read to you some scripture here uh, from the Mirror Bible. Um, it's in Galatians chapter 3. And I'll start from verse 26. Here it says, What Jesus Christ believes to be true about you is the final confirmation of mankind's redeemed sonship. His faith is the only valid reference to your belief. To be immersed in Christ is to be fully clothed with him. He is your brand new wardrobe confirming your sonship. Nothing resembles your previous identity as Jew or Gentile, wow. bond or free, male or female, billabong or Gucci. Now you are all defined in oneness with Christ. He is your significance and makes you beautiful. Wow. <laughs> wow. And what I want to share today is that uh, despite what is going on right now, the um, all the racial tensions and police brutality i believe that there's a, a more profound uh, problem that lies beneath it is the lack of notion of identity um usually people want to and it's not it's not that when you ident identify with your origin whether it's uh, your country or your uh, race like people say race uh, it's not that it's bad, but there's uh, there's one ultimate, there's one uh, primal way to see yourself, and it's in Christ. You have to see yourself in Christ. Wow. And since men and women don't have that notion, they don't have that understanding, they identify according to their flesh. Hmm. Uh, what I mean by flesh is not simply uh, your five senses and your physical body, but identifying uh, with your flesh can be identifying with your culture, with your uh, country of origin, with your um, ethnic background, uh, with your education. You can identify with your profession, uh, marital status, financial status. So all of these parameters can uh, play a role in your uh, identity uh, mm -hmm. parameters in your mind. So. Um, a lot of people have asked me if I, if I would join the, the fight, if I can say, mm -hmm. uh, for the black community. And my answer would be yes and no. 
And what I mean by that is that I would say yes because of my, uh, as a black man, I, I, I sense that I have a responsibility uh, towards my fellow uh, black uh, community. Mm-hmm. But it's not my sense of identity. My ultimate sense of identity is Christ. So through that, I know that I can bring that knowledge to them. And uh, that's how I see myself. That's how I interpret my life. Um, whenever I, I would uh, suffer some co- uh, bad comments or uh, racism, it would hurt me at first, but I know that it's not uh, my identity. So I interpret it as being ignorance mm-hmm. or fear. Uh, mm-hmm. essentially people fear what they don't know or what they don't understand. So that's how I see things. And ultimately, if, some, if there's anybody who knows what it is to be feared or, or misunderstood, it was Jesus Christ. Exactly. Uh, if, the, if anybody experienced discrimination, it was, it was Jesus Christ. If he said, yeah. forgive them, Father, because they know not what they do. And I love what Todd yeah. White, I think it's Todd White, he always says, he says they know not what they do because they know not who they are. And it's, I think it was, I think you had shared that quote from Dr. Sean Smith on, um, yeah. on Facebook. And I, I can't remember it off the top of my head. Maybe you can paraphrase <laughs> it, but he says it's essentially yeah. an identity issue, right? Yeah, exactly. I think what he said is that the, the turmoil we see now is only exposing the one true uh, issue is that people have a lack of sense of identity. And he shared the scripture in Colossians chapter three, if I if I remember well, mm-hmm. and I can share it with you right now. Yeah, yeah, and, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I'll share it in the King James, and after the afterwards, I'll share it in the Mirror Bible. Sure. Yeah, that's a version that I really appreciate. So Colossians three in uh, King James version, uh, on at the verse eleven. Uh, let's say first. Nine, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old nature with its practices and have put on the new nature, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there cannot be Greek and Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, freeman, but Christ is all and in all. Amen. Amen. And the mirror version says that old life was a lie, foreign to our design. Those garments of disguise are now thoroughly stripped off us. In our, mis- uh, in our understanding of our union with Christ in his death and resurrection, we are no longer obliged to live under the identity and role of the robes we wore before, neither are we cheating anyone through false pretensions we stand fully identified in the new creation renewed in knowledge according to the pattern of the exact image of our creator the revelation of christ in us gives identity to the individual beyond anything anyone could ever be as a greek or a jew American or African, foreigner or famous, male or female, king or pawn. From now on, everyone is defined by Christ 
everyone is represented in Christ. Oh, amen. That's powerful. I think I got a little drunk in the Holy Spirit when you were reading that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that, those are powerful truths. And that reminded me of, I'll read it. I got my mirror Bible here also. I made sure it was close at hand. Yeah. I'll read from, that reminds me of 2 Corinthians 5. This is from 2 sure. Corinthians 5, 14. Sure. It says, the love of Christ resonates within us and leaves us with only one conclusion. Jesus died mankind's death. Therefore, in God's logic, every individual simultaneously died. Now, if all were included in his death, they were equally included in his resurrection. This unveiling of his love redefines human life. Whatever reference we could have of ourselves outside of our association with Christ is no longer relevant. Wow. This is radical and our most defining moment. No label that could possibly identify someone carries any further significance. Even our pet doctrines of Christ are redefined. Whatever we knew about him historically or sentimentally is challenged by this conclusion. <laughs> now, in the light of your co-inclusion in his death and resurrection, whoever you thought you were before, in Christ, you are a brand new person. Wow. The, yes. old ways, the old ways of seeing yourself and everyone else are over. Acquaint yourself with the new. Wow. <laughs> the old ways of seeing yourself are over and everyone else are over. <laughs> Jesus, literally, awesome. Jesus literally redefines what it means to be human. It's Wow. And I think that's one main aspect of the gospel that we've missed, not even not only in, on the, on the Western uh, continent, but all over the world. Uh, essentially, people get saved; they get free the by grace, mm -hmm. and after that, they, re, they 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 turn back, they turn uh, away from grace and go into uh, a, a performance a performance based uh, right. Christianity. Right. Uh, where they have to do things, they have to jump through holes and do the right thing to get to do to get God to do things mm -hmm. and to to say the right thing so that God can operate a miracle and all mm -hmm. sorts of stuff. And people say they believe in grace, they are in grace, they are delivered from the law, but essentially they live a law-based life. Right, and that's a, that's a big confusion that reigns in in the body of Christ and. I think what is scandalous about the cross is that it includes everyone. Hmm. It includes yeah, everyone. And yeah. Yeah. Amen. Something I was going to add to what you were saying about, um, I, about how we don't understand identity. I think it's often in church, and this is in my experience and maybe you can relate, but it's very easy to understand Christianity as being a relationship between me and God. Yeah, and I think people kind of get that. But I think where we miss it is we enter into that relationship with the same sense of identity that we had before. Exactly. You're relating to God without, yeah, you're relating to God with, you could say with like the, the, the programming that you had before or the sense yeah. of identity that you had before. And that actually, but that's going to like define the trajectory of your relationship with God. If you think that you're a sinner and you think you're mm -hmm. always going to be a sinner and always going to be a rebel and always going to struggle, 
Yeah. And that's going to play into the way you, that you relate to God. You're not going to have boldness and confidence and that freedom of speech before God. When you understand you're yeah. a saint, you enjoy God's love. You enjoy effortless union with God. Amen. And we, most of the time you have that servant mentality mm -hmm. where we have to earn things. We have to do things and something that pe people don't grasp. They don't grasp the simplicity of Christ. They don't grasp the, 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 be the, 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 the beautiful uh, and wonderful grace of God, the, 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 the pure grace of God, not tainted with self-effort. And that's, that's one thing that most Christians miss out on. And they, they struggle in life. They, they don't understand their own lives because mm -hmm. they, 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 they skip over that point and mm -hmm. mostly misinterpreting, misinterpreting uh, scriptures is mm -hmm. one, one thing that ails us mostly. Mm -hmm. And, and I, th I think yeah. if you have that performance mentality towards your relationship with God, where you're always judging yourself by your performance. I think exactly. that naturally that's going to carry over into how you relate to others as well. You won't yeah. see them for their identity in Jesus, but you'll see people as you'll see their value as being determined or governed by their performance as well. Exactly. You're never actually and free to love somebody for who they are. Exactly. And society has that, uh, that thing on uh, putting, uh, how do you say that labels on people? Mm -hmm. You know, this is how a, a woman should be. This is how a man should be. This is how a black man should be. A white man or or a Asian man should be. Mm -hmm. And you 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 feel like you have to 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 be that definition. And right. at one point in my life, I had to go through some struggles, who even uh, made me not question my masculinity, but to uh, make me consider what is to be a man. Like, mm -hmm. uh, is it to to, to do things a certain way or to be a certain way. And I felt the, 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 the word of Christ in me just say, Christ is your identity. Christ mm -hmm. is your reference. Do not look mm -hmm. to, to the left or to the right, but Christ is your point of reference. Is in wow. us. Wow. And yeah, and I think that's the most relevant. Or that, that is what makes the gospel the most relevant possible message in this day and age is saying mm -hmm. look you can you can look at a i don't know a black lives matter protester or an antifa rioter or some right-wing nut job in alabama and say look <laughs> you are you are not your background you're not even your yeah. dysfunction but you're actually the product of the love of the father amen and as soon the day people will will understand that they are entering in a relationship of love perichoresis between the father the son the holy spirit that mm -hmm. perfect love that was there before the world began when they'll understand that they've been included in that they'll everything will be changed mm -hmm. like the cross already happened the cross worked but people didn't don't catch up with the reality exactly yeah yeah so and one one point one point that i find a bit disappointing is that people associate the turmoil in in the world with end times prophecy and yeah. that's that's a bit of a, a bummer <laughs> yeah oh definitely yeah. no i'm really glad you brought that up i think that was something that would be uh 
I think that's something that people would really love to hear about. Um, I think it's gone on for years where every headline can kind of be twisted to being. Um, yeah. What's, what's your take on that? What shortly, what's your take on anti-prophecy? Sure. And, yeah. And, yeah. And headlines. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to find the Bible verse here. So I think as Christians, we would, I think every Christian would pretty much agree that the, the purpose of, of scripture is always to point us to Jesus. And, and to point to, to point us to the sufficiency of Jesus and and mm-hmm. who he is and what he reveals about God and and what he's accomplished so I think it's really important for us to learn to understand the Bible in that way and in that context mm-hmm. and to be able to understand even like God's eternal purpose as being summed up in Jesus yes um I think a problem that I see, this is just kind of a, a side note, but it's a funny story. I remember being eight years old and I think our church library got this end times movie. It was called revelation. And it was basically like this rapture flick where, you know, um, the rapture <laughs> happens and airplanes are crashing and everyone's left, left behind. Right. Yeah. And like eight year, eight years old, I was absolutely terrified because in my mind, I'm like, well, this can't be that far off. And, you know, they always give you ideas like um, they, in these movies and stuff. They try to hypothesize what the mark of the beast is going to be. Or anything. Exactly. They, they, try to, <laughs> they try to twist the book of Revelation into, our, into the 20th century context. That violates this, yeah, I guess it would be a principle of, of seeing Jesus in the scripture and reading scripture in a way that points to Jesus first. Yeah. This is from Second uh, Corinthians chapter 1. Okay. Second Corinthians 1, 18. He says, but as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the one who is proclaimed among you by us, by me and Sylvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but it has always been yes in him. For every one of God's promises are yes in him. Therefore, through him, the amen is spoken and the glory we give to God. So when I read end times prophecies and prophecies of, of judgment and, and new creation, I think we have to read those as being fulfilled first and foremost in the person yeah. of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I think new creation, when you know, it talks about in um, Revelation, looking forward to the new heaven and the new earth, I think the new heaven and the new earth is it was born in the resurrection of Jesus. It's a, a, yeah. a concrete established, established reality through Jesus' yeah. resurrection. Yeah. I think it's something we haven't seen fully manifested, but we're living, we're living in the realization of Jesus' finished work. And because mm-hmm. of that, we're living in anticipation of the, the, the full manifestation of that. Yes. I think because we fail to understand that, I mean, really, we fail to see the scope of what Jesus has actually actually accomplished. I think we've tended to kind of push off a lot of these promises to mm-hmm. it, to like this future, whatever this future eschatological date or to after after the rapture or whatever. When these promises are not contingent on a rapture to being fulfilled, they're contingent on Jesus. They've been fulfilled in Jesus. Amen. And I've also noticed that through history, whenever there's a cataclysm or catastrophe or some big events going on. There's always uh, prophecies going out, mm-hmm. uh, predictions going out uh, from the church and from the people in the world. Also, they they mm-hmm. give out predictions on the the end of the the world, yeah. and you know. So it makes yeah, you miss uh, the good. <laughs> it makes you miss the good old days when they prophesied before the event happened, eh? Yeah, instead exactly. of after. <laughs> 
and I've even asked myself, uh, did everyone, did, did anyone prophesy the, the COVID-19 pandemic <laughs> for this year? I don't know. Well, actually, the Mor the Mormons claim that they did because at their really? conference at their conference last year, one of their pres presidents had said that the conference next year will be different. So they're saying, they're like, oh, he called it. He called it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> but what what we need to understand, like you said, is uh, the Book of Apocalypse, the Revelation. In French, mm -hmm. we call it Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. And simply put, Jesus Christ is the Alpha and the Omega. Is the Amen. Is the Word of God? Is the He is the final Word of God. Wow. And Amen. if you look in Hebrews chapter one, uh, it says that through many first uh, uh, to many people, through many prophets, God has spoken. But in these last days, He has spoken yeah. through His Son. And if it was the last days two thousand years ago, I don't know what we are in today, but yeah. It's something different, something completely new. Uh, Adam brought the whole cosmos into his fall, mm -hmm. and Christ, by obeying perfectly to the Father, he brought the whole cosmos in himself into the heavens, and he joined eternally man and God into one. Amen. So that's the power of the resurrection. That's the power mm -hmm. of our gospel, that inclusion. Mm -hmm. And when the, the when the whole world will see it, when Christians will awake to it, mm -hmm. that will transform the way we th we see each other, transform mm -hmm. the yeah. way we see things, and yeah. completely Amen. bring new bring things new on this Amen. earth. You had mentioned that the the book of Revelation. It means apocalypse, and it means unveiling. It's it's a revelation yeah. of who Jesus is and what he's accomplished. And a lot of the time, the word. Uh, the word parousia, it gets used for the second coming of Jesus or the second mm -hmm. advent of Jesus. Yeah. I want to share this quote from T.F. Torrance. He says, the final parousia of Christ will be more the apocalypse or unveiling of the perfected reality of what Christ has done than the, con than the consummating of what until then was an incomplete reality. It mm -hmm. will be the unveiling of the finished work of Christ. He will come again in the fullness of his humanity and his deity to judge and renew his creation. But that will not be another work in addition to his finished work on the cross or in the resurrection, so much as the gathering together of what the cross and resurrection have already worked throughout the whole of creation and the unveiling of it all to see, and therefore an unfolding and an actualization of it from our point of view. Wow. And I think that's wow. really... The second coming of Jesus and understanding that the that parousia, I think that actually gives us a very genuine hope for history as well. And I think that's why a lot of the time when, um, when the church kind of hops on the bandwagon on the left or on the right, mm -hmm. we actually it turns into either a social gospel or it turns into a, an American Jesus, an American gospel, yeah. American power, is because it's they lose that Christology, they lose the reality, the, super, the supernatural reality of what God has accomplished in Jesus and what the implications of that are for history. True. That history actually is going somewhere because of what Jesus do Jesus has done. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit's going to make it happen. It's not about our, our marching or our protesting or even our voting, even those, those yeah. things may be important, but it's yeah. ultimately, it's the work of the Holy Spirit and it's the Holy Spirit unveiling the work of Jesus. Yeah, true. Uh, well said. That's awesome. Wow. 
And lately, what we've seen on the news headlines, they, there has been uh, conspiracy theories and mm -hmm. uh, also uh, that the, this hope of, uh, how can you say that, um, political leader that will mm -hmm. bring the church to a certain state of yeah. being. And, you know, people are eager to see that leader come maybe as a messiah for the church <laughs> yeah yeah and i think that's how a lot yeah. of people view i mean love him or hate him that's how many people view donald trump in the states too exactly as exactly. being the, as the savior <laughs> and i know uh, there has been some prophecies concerning the man but let's not uh like you said uh have our focused uh uh, derailed from the main point, which is mm -hmm. the, the the personhood of Christ Jesus mm -hmm. and His finished work. Uh, that worked perfectly for us, for all humanity, mm -hmm. and that's what we have to keep in mind uh, at all times. And every prophecy has to be interpreted through that lens of mm -hmm. the cross. Yeah, Amen. I think something that would be worth talking about is what does it look like for for us as people who uh, people who have maybe been touched and actually transformed by this message of our our inclusion mm -hmm. in Jesus and our union yeah. in Jesus. How yeah. do we how do we speak that in the church effectively, and how do we speak that into the culture effectively in this climate? Yeah. What does that look like? Wow, that's a great question. Actually, I've uh, shared that message of inclusion and co-identification with christ with christians and brethren around me mm -hmm. and the main point that is difficult to to grasp is that uh, when all died in adam all were raised in christ mm -hmm. so people are quick to say yes when you say all died in adam mm -hmm. but when you say all were quickened in christ people tend to reject that part of the message, which, which is the, the most important part of the message. Mm -hmm. So it's a partial gospel, and it's, it, they, they, they fall into man-made traditions and all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, before I came to, that, to the, the, the knowledge of truth, I was in that kind of uh, religious church uh, trying to cast out devils and mm -hmm. all sorts of stuff. And... Ultimately, you get lost in your sense of identity. You don't even know who you are anymore. Mm. And you don't know who God is anymore. You think that God is some person pretty far away in the sky. Yeah. You have to give a lot. You have to fast. You have to pray so that he can hear your prayers. Right. You have to, to yeah, you surely you have to pray. But what I meant is that you have to pray long hours. You have to read your Bible and all sorts of stuff in order for God right. to to lift his finger and act on your behalf. So it's, it's a trans, the, it's a transactional it's, relationship. Uh, exactly. And sometimes I try to bring out simple aspects of the gospel to my, my friends and they, they, they tend to be resistant. They don't want to, to, uh, they see, they see it as being too easy. And what, um, what would you say is the, like specifically in church and specifically kind of sharing the gospel with Christians, mm -hmm. what is the biggest objection that you would hear? Or like what kind of Bible verse do they try to bring up in your experience when you start sharing this stuff? Well, they would bring up uh, like all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So 
basically mm-hmm. what they're saying is that all people have some kind of sin staying in them uh some of some of them would bring out Romans 7 where Paul says that the good he wants to do he cannot do and mm-hmm. the bad that he doesn't want to do he does it so mm-hmm. basically it's, it's a mixed match of uh misinterpreted scriptures and take scriptures taken out of context yeah essentially people end up with a false knowledge of god they reject the person of christ mm-hmm. uh, ultimately they also see themselves it's all it's almost like they see themselves in adam still right right yeah even being christians exactly i i think you hit the nail on the head there when you said that ultimately it's it's a rejection of the person of Christ because I think yeah. of, there's obviously a lot of different interpretations of, of scripture and of what Paul says in, in Romans seven and what in Romans three There's obviously a, a countless ways to interpret it. But I think yeah. the key that our hermeneutical key to interpreting the Bible is what is, cons- how can I interpret this in a way that is most consistent with what God has said about himself in Jesus with Jesus as mm-hmm. being fully God, fully human and crucified for our sins of God being love. I think Jesus has to, Jesus has to redefine our theology and our understanding of scripture. And we even see that with Paul, when Paul talks about, um, when Paul talks in Galatians two, he says, through the law, I died to the law that I might live to God. So it was when he started to understand the gospel and the light of Jesus, he Mm -hmm. actually had to die to the law. And most of us haven't died to the law yet. That's that's a main, <laughs> that's one problem. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to share a scripture in Acts, in the book of Acts, where Paul preaches on on in Mars Hill. Yeah, I'll read Acts seventeen, from verse twenty-two. So Paul, standing in the middle of the Areopagus, said, "Men of Athens." I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For I, as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by my men, nor is he served by, by human hands as, as though he needed anything since he himself gives to all men life and breath and everything. And he made from one every nation of men to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their habitations that they should seek God in the hope that they might feel after him and find him. Yet he is, not too, he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your poets have said, for we are indeed his offsprings. Amen. Amen. So there are uh, maybe uh, two or three things that I want to point out. The first thing is that Paul says that God is not served by human hands and as though he needed anything since himself gives to all men life, breath, and everything. So God is the giver of life of all men. Second thing, he made from one, meaning from Adam, he made from one 
other version says says um, from one blood. Mm. So God issued humanity from one blood. So all this separation, all this division, all this tensions, racial uh, inequality mm -hmm. should should not be there because God made us all from one blood. So we are all equal. Mm -hmm. We are all in Christ, in crisis and all. And third thing, he says that we are his offsprings. And like we talked about earlier, when people are offended with certain aspects of the gospel, this, this, this aspect is one, one subject of offense, meaning that we are his offspring. So that means that all men should come to that understanding mm -hmm. of their of their sonship mm -hmm. of their uh that they belong to god that they're belonging to god mm -hmm. amen yeah. and i think it's when you when you understand that for yourself and you know the father's love for you it's yeah. actually knowing and experiencing that love that empowers you to share that with somebody else and to to even speak into somebody else's pain because there obviously is injustice in the world and and yeah you know, we yes. obviously we obviously are called to to speak the truth in the face of injustice yeah. But it's actually, also, the, yeah. so go ahead. Yeah, sorry. So like you said, injustice and inequalities, they'll still be there. And as a young black man, I can face sometimes some inequalities just mm -hmm. because I'm a black man, but mm -hmm. I don't see myself with those limitations. Mm -hmm. I'm not limited by my flesh. I see myself in Christ and with all the sufficiency that I have in him, and I see myself over, above, and beyond any, any opposition or any obstacle because I am seated in high heavenly places mm -hmm. with Christ Jesus. So even though opposition or uh, strife can come towards me because of my uh, cultural background, mm -hmm. I don't see it as being against me because I'm higher than that. I have a higher consciousness. I have a higher knowledge, which is Christ in me. You know, there's always a market for um, fear. You mm -hmm. know, fear is a, fear sells a lot. Fear sells headlines. Fear, mm -hmm. fear makes men fall into place. That's what I've noticed from the first day of the, the lockdown from uh, mm. of the COVID-19 because I work in an hospital mm -hmm. and on March 13th, they put the lockdown uh, procedure, procedures mm -hmm. and uh, I've seen people really, they got scared. People mm -hmm. got scared. I would see patients every day asking questions because they were anxious mm -hmm. about the virus and you see people wearing masks everywhere and wearing gloves and mm -hmm. people got really scared and Fear is one weapon that can destroy us as humans. And it made me think of uh, Hebrews 2 verse 14, where it mm -hmm. says that uh, Christ abolished death and the one that uh, had the power of death, which is, which is the devil, hmm. that was uh, holding, back, holding us back in the fear of death. Mm -hmm. And ultimately what Christ abolished is still coming back today through media, through... Uh, you know, uh, all those, those kinds of, of events that are happening in the world. Yeah, narratives that contradict the gospel. Yeah, exactly. 
I think that's why it's so important that we learn to, like Paul said, to take every thought captive and make it obedient True. to the knowledge of God, and Jesus Christ. I think we kind of live in a generation that's probably a lot different in the sense that, like, I think of when my grandparents were growing up and they would maybe see a newspaper a couple times a week, but we scroll through a news feed on Facebook and you're exposed to a thousand opinions. There's a, so a thousand, much information. Uh, yeah. A thousand different perspectives in 10 minutes. And it's, it's easy to almost gaslight yourself in the sense that like yeah. question your own perception of reality after you're seeing true. so many different opinions and perspectives. That's true. And I think so, that's, yeah. it makes it so important for, to stay grounded in truth in the reality. I mean, in the word of, in the Bible is the word of God. And I mean, also to keep our hearts and our, our, our emotions grounded in the truth of, of Christ's presence in us. That's, yeah. It's, Christ's presence within us is the, is the source of our hope and the, the, the source of our wholeness. Amen. So what I've been doing uh, for these last two months is really filtrating the information that I received because I had a lot of people sending me, you know, YouTube videos on conspiracy, on a vaccine, on uh, mm -hmm. COVID was created in labs and all those and what, look what Donald Trump said or did or what he's going to do or look what the Democrats are planning to do and all those kinds of things every day, every mm -hmm. week I would receive those things. And when you look at the news, you see death, you see mortality rate, you see, you, you know, mm -hmm. so I had to, to filtrate that so that my mind wouldn't be distracted from uh, Christ in yeah. me, from the Christ in me, that those things wouldn't rob my peace. Mm -hmm. So I had to, so it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's some kind of work you have to do, not like a, a f work of the flesh, but mm -hmm. some kind of work you have to do every mm -hmm. day. You have to remind yourself, you have to remind mm -hmm. yourself, you have to examine, examine yourself if you are still in the faith. I think it was Martin Luther. Yeah. He said, we need to hear the gospel every day because we forget it every day. Amen. I think Amen. it's and so, that's, that's true. It's so easy to forget it in, in this climate, too, when you're getting yeah. a, a, a million messages a minute, or it feels that yeah. way. Yeah. So what does it look like to actually walk? Or what does it look like to renew your mind every day and to, to, to stay saturated in the word from a grace perspective? Because I know coming out of like religion or coming from a religious background, it's really easy to see like a Bible study or prayer time or yeah. something as, uh, like, as being this box that you have to check off. So how do yeah. we actually approach that from a perspective of grace and um, from a perspective of union that Jesus is already with you and, and in you? Well, it's just so much easier, you know. Uh, like you said, you have, you, sometimes you feel like I felt like I had a checklist every day to, to check, to see mm -hmm. if God was pleased with me, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like if you, you had to... Uh, to walk like you know like if you didn't want to cross crush eggs on the ground yeah yeah <laughs> every day and now it's it's just so it's it's a free life you know you don't have to uh you know don't eat this don't touch this don't watch this don't da, da, da. Mm -hmm. it's it's just simply easy it's easy life it's like breathing and mm -hmm. especially since the beginning of the year i've noticed that i've become more more and more aware of his presence in me of of his union of this mm. of him identifying me with him and identifying myself to him 
there's so much peace there. There's so much joy mm-hmm. and peace every day. It's been constant. And that's, wow. that's the real blessing that I've noticed. And even though I wasn't, like, uh, I, I came to uh, the Lord in my twi- early 20s. Mm-hmm. I wasn't raised in the church, but my, my mom was a believer. Mm-hmm. And um, but really in 2017 is the year where I really uh, removed all religious shackles and discovering grace mm-hmm. for the last three years and is just going higher and further and deeper mm-hmm. into his knowledge. And it's just, it's a, it's a rest. It's a complete rest. And all my life I was, when I was reading uh, that scripture that says, enter you know, you have to work to enter into yeah. his rest. I didn't yeah. understand that. I, I was asking God, well, what is your rest? What's the rest in you? Mm-hmm. And now I know what it is. And now I really want to stay in that rest every day, every mm-hmm. day, every mm-hmm. second. Uh, you know, you have, you just take time to, to, to pray in, in other tongues, in mm-hmm. the heavenly language. Mm-hmm. Just time, to, whether it's, uh, I'm on the bus or I have five minutes at work. I take time to just collect myself and be conscious of his presence. Mm-hmm. And it's so simple. It's so free. It's so easygoing. I, I, it's indescribable. Yeah. Oh, How about you? Yeah. I'm, for me, it's definitely easy to get this speaking for myself is easy mm-hmm. for me to kind of put that mentality back on myself of being like, if I want to experience this, then I have to do this. Yeah. If I want to experience this freedom, then I have to read this book or read that much scripture or worship or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was in a video I did. I'd kind of talked about it as if it's like, when we do that, I think we're actually objectifying Jesus because we're turning Jesus almost into a, like a means to an end or as, as yeah. And we're making Jesus as being like this, this object that exists for my fulfillment to experience Jesus presence and experiencing Jesus peace. I have to relate to Jesus as a person that he's not, uh, yeah, he's not like a religious principle and he's not mm-hmm. a magic genie. He's a, a real person. He's very, he's real and he's present in me as a person in the Holy spirit. Yeah. And when I'm aware of that, in a sense that he's actually, I experience him sharing his own peace and his own presence and his own, joy and freedom within me yeah then i'm not seeing this freedom and this joy and this wholeness is something that i have to somehow manufacture through my bible reading or through my prayer or, <laughs> or my tongues routine or my worship do, do you ever feel like when you read the bible for a certain time you when then you close your bible and you say oh i've done something for you now today uh, lord do you ever <laughs> feel like that sometimes I'm, I'm maybe a little <laughs> different in the sense that i actually i like reading and i actually like studying my okay bible. But that gets to a weird place too, where it's like, I've kind of noticed it gets to a place for me where I can sit down and I can study the Bible for an hour because I like it. And then I realize, yeah. like, man, I didn't connect with Jesus at all. Like that was all about me. Yeah. <laughs> it had nothing to do with actually like enjoying Jesus and, and sharing my heart with the Lord. Yeah. Um, so something that I've kind of been trying to do lately uh, is to break up the routine in the morning before work is I actually just take communion and take Lord's Supper before work after I do my Bible reading time. And I think it just grounds me in the gospel throughout the day. Amen. Wow. And I, I wow. think, and I think it, whatever, excuse me, 
I think what works now won't necessarily be what God will use in my life in a month from now. And what works for you might not be what works for me because mm -hmm. I think the process is so relational and so personal. Yeah. And how is uh, resting in him affected your, your way of discerning the will of God for your life? Well, that's a great question. I think for me, I definitely still can kind of get sucked into this place of being like, am I doing the right thing? Um, am yeah. I in the right place? Am I in the center yeah. of the will of God? But I think that's where the gospel speaks really powerfully to me. Yeah. I think the gospel offers a lot of freedom in the sense that when I understand that for one, that I'm loved by God, that God actually loves me and God doesn't just put up with me and God's not waiting to make up, God's not waiting to make up his mind about me. Um, understanding that I'm included in Jesus, that yeah. that that my individuality, my, who I am, matters to God. That it, you know, the incarnation reveals that those little aspects of our personality actually matter to Jesus. That I am the will of God, and that my life yeah. matters. To yeah. God. Amen. And then I think just understanding God's sovereignty too. That I don't think I don't think I could ever make a mistake that would come as a surprise to God. Those altogether actually let me stay in that place of rest and, and stay in a place where I'm actually okay with, with what tomorrow brings. Yeah, that's true. And I think and, we have, yeah, I have to remind myself of those truths too, because I mean, whatever you have a bad day at work and it's easy to feel like God's punishing you for something <laughs> whatever but i think when we understand that and when we ground our our hearts and our minds in the in that truth it actually enables us to even go into work or even go into some yeah. really crappy situations and to go in with that peace and with that joy knowing like man jesus is with me he's in me and i'm actually in the center of god's will because True. i'm in i'm yeah. in him and he is in me yeah talks about because often we 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 have been always uh formatted into this lifestyle of doing things yeah of doing things and you can uh, arrive at some point in your life where you're not doing anything special yeah so you ask yourself am i doing the right thing <laughs> yeah and, and the father says the father says you're right where you need to be yeah and i think too like <laughs> We kind of put it's easy to put someone who's doing something on that pedestal. We, you, you always yeah. hear about the, the Heidi Baker or the yeah, whoever's actually going up there and doing something. And it's like, man, I'm working eight to five, I'm usually too tired to do anything after work. <laughs> <laughs> How much does my life actually count? Right? One thing that I've heard uh, during a uh, conference with uh, Dr. C. Baxter Kruger mm -hmm. and um, Brother John Crowder. Uh, Dr. S uh, Dr. Baxter was sharing something, I think, from Brother Andrew, mm -hmm. and I will, I, I'll think I'll paraphrase it. He essentially said that our mundane activities uh, carry the glory of God, whether it's taking care of the kids or mowing the lawn or mm -hmm. washing the dishes, it's filled with the glory of God. And that simple quote, I think, liber liberated me of mm -hmm. just, just asking God, should I do something? Should I do this? Should I go there? Should I go do this there? And mm -hmm. so on and so forth. So it liberated me from, you know, uh, just being in the, the, the works mindset. Yeah. 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 I think it's easy to feel too. Like if you're not, 
on the mission field or if you're not going yeah. and doing going out and doing evangelism every yeah. night after work that you're not doing something for god mm-hmm. but man i think that that kind of gets back to this idea of separation where it's me doing something for god but when you understand union and you go to work man it's god working through you it's god at work within yeah. you and working through you and that puts your whole life you're living your life from a totally different place when you understand True. union you don't have to ask the same silly questions of like, am I in the center of God's will? When yeah. you understand that God's in you and that God's moving through you, you can actually rest in this truth that God has you right where he wants you and God's touching people and God's accomplishing his will through you wherever Amen. you are. Amen. That's, that's awesome. Then there's one verse I want to share quickly. Yeah. Uh, in Philippians two verse 13, and I'll read it in the, mirror version Mm -hmm. it says god uh, discover god himself as your inexhaustible inner source he ignites you with both the desire and energy that matches his own delight and that's that's one thing i want to be aware every day is that when it wherever thing that i want to start doing i want to see it's this desire of god that is birthed in that action Mm -hmm. that i'm doing yeah Mm -hmm. amen Oh, dude, thanks so much for, for doing this with me. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm pretty honored to do this with you, actually. It was, it was yeah. a great chat. We'll, uh, yeah. Well, if you want, maybe we could maybe do another episode in a week or two and do a, maybe do one specifically about end times and the rapture. I think that'd be really fun. Sure, we'll do that. Fun episode. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Sure, why not? Yeah. Right on. I really dude. appreciate it, bro. Yeah, I appreciate it too, man. It was yeah. really great Thank getting you. to finally chat with you face-to-face. Dude. Yeah true oh thanks so much for taking the time man i really appreciate it okay thank you thank you so much love you bro okay love you too man bye bye